0: Mavs up big on the Wizards, 114-90. Knicks are up 74-66 on the Hawks. Julius Randle's got 19-8. Lucas has got a 25-6 rebounds, 9 assists in that Mavs game. Uh, Celtics, one-point lead over the Sixers right now, 70-69. to Big, big lead for the Bucs without Giannis. Up in Toronto, 83-53. As Ryan slowly walks his way back in the studio with a cup of coffee, as he just trots behind me. Dude, dude, dude! If you're watching on Twitch or YouTube, you'll see him just, just kind of strolling. You know, we have a schedule, sir, and you need to be here on time. I got caught up. Caught up. lady. No, actually, no. Uh, Big Vic upstairs running the
1: board, and I had to oh, stop. Oh, Vic's back. JT the Vic, and I said, what "The hell are you doing here? Caps, Wizards?" And he goes. Hoyas, yes, Georgetown. Hoyas. Oh, you get and, to hear it. And, and, the... and, and
0: then I shut the door and I hear they suck. <laughs>
1: how do you feel about Crank council?
0: <laughs> you get to hear the uh, the sweet sounds of Rich Spatkin, the voice of the uh, Georgetown Hoyas. RS, I call him. I love him. <laughs> I love the Hoyas. Hoyas win. Hoyas win. R- Hoyas, win. Hoyas win. Hoyas win. Hoyas That's how he. he ends every game when they can't win. Legally which you is like the Hoyas. John
2: Ste- Sterling. Yeah. yeah, the Yankees yep. win.
0: You gotta have. You gotta have that call when you're uh, when you're uh, the voice of a team, you gotta have something unique.
1: Yeah, the difference is the Yankees win like a hundred times a year and the Hoyas win like five. Yeah, That's true. Like every wish, year
0: they're terrible. I wish Georgetown was good again. They're always a great first half bet though, mm-hmm.
1: uh, and then they just completely fall apart in the I, second half. I loved uh, when AI was there, a good poker buddy. Well, by is,
0: well, let's put it this way. Georgetown at least has a real basketball coach now, so things are looking up. Who is
1: Georgetown's coach again? I'm not going to lie. Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley, there we go.
0: Yeah, because they fired Patrick Ewing. He should have never been hired in the first place. Uh, But that's a whole other conversation for another day. A lot of transfers when he was there, too. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, another situation that's not great. Uh, Well, that would be the Cleveland Browns. And everybody in Cleveland looking around again with Sean Watson missing the rest of the season now. And you go, oh, my God. Nick Wilson I don't know how you do it my friend Uh It just feels like as somebody That's a commanders fan I know what it's like to not have Nice things but I feel like in Cleveland now it You had that fourth quarter Drive from Deshaun Watson you look at this Great defense with the Browns They're 6-3 and three, and it's like huh Maybe they can win the division and then We get the news today that Deshaun Watson is out for the season What is although I can
3: probably guess the mood In Cleveland with this news um, I believe the five stages of grief and dying. I think are the best way to put this. I think I don't know if we're past denial yet. Maybe bargaining. I know acceptance is not you know too far off in the distance. No, it was a uh, it was a bloodbath, and I gotta say, I my whole thing today on the show was I simply wasn't going to do the sky is falling radio because I had heard it for the five hours before, and I felt like. Honestly, I know how the guys in Band of Brothers felt because I fought a war today, guys, all right? There weren't lives lost, but there might have been lives saved because I was on a mission from God. Now I'm mixing my movie metaphors. And you know what? I came out clean. That's all that matters.
2: Nick, in all seriousness, when you have no optimism about the future of your team, how do you do radio on a day-to-day basis without becoming, like, a cynical, like, poisoned soul?
3: Well, um who says I'm not? And two, they did just vote in legal weed in Ohio. So like I, you know, things are changing on the on the you know like well listen, here's what I will say. I did not lose all hope that with the Deshaun injury. I think I think you just have to change your parameters if you're a Browns fan. Right, Um, With the way the Browns were playing, with the fact that Deshaun kept getting better in his last three games that he played, and specifically the two games post the injury, I think we started to set our sights bigger. AFC North title, right? Can you get that this year? Is that that attainable? It really is. If Baltimore loses this Thursday, you could be playing for the divisional lead on Sunday. Even without Deshaun, that's true, right? Um, We started thinking about, well, maybe all of a sudden an AFC title run is something that you can at least dream of this year. So with Deshaun, I th- I think there are two camps right now, and I said this on my show. You're either mourning the loss of a contending team or you're, you're getting ready to gear up to see if this team can still be a playoff team, right? A, a, a contending team is a team that's going to make the playoffs and make a run. This team might just be a playoff team. But if you told me going into the season, one game and a quarter of Nick Chubb, and you would get six, or five games and and five drives in another game from Deshaun Watson, and you make the playoffs. I would have said that that is a resounding success. So I am in the camp that says, "Hey, I'm not I'm not a big believer in DTR or PJ Walker, but I believe that the rest of the team has a lot of fighting them. Let's see how they handle Pittsburgh, and then if they get their asses kicked in Cleveland this Sunday, let's do Requiem Radio. But let's at least give them a chance before I head to the 480 Bridge."
1: Yeah, Nick, I was a big fan of DTR in college, but obviously, like, this is a whole nother level, and he's a rookie. It, you, you watch that first start, he just found out he was going to start a couple I- hours prior to the game. So it makes sense. How do you think the offense changes now? Like, do you think it's more, you know, I mean, what do you do? What like, what do you do differently? Because we didn't even get that big of a sample size with Deshaun
3: fully healthy. So I think the number one thing you have to do is you need to double back your efforts and put the run game first like you did, regardless of whether you had DTR or PJ Walker. You, you mentioned DTR's first start. It was awful. Three interceptions. Uh, there was yeah. a fumble. By the end of the game, they weren't even throwing the ball because they just. You just, every time the kid even took a snap, and, and look to pass. Everybody's sphincters clenched in in First Energy Stadium. Or, sorry, Cleveland Brown Stadium. It's no longer corporately sponsored. But, um, so I think you have to do what really worked for you when you went 2-1, and one, and rightfully you should have won the, the Seattle game if not for the stupid decision to pass on 3rd and 3 uh, by Kevin Stefanski with P.J. Walker helmet interception, I don't want to relive it but I relive it every day um, so I think it's really important that you get back to running the game, and, and, and running the ball and letting that be your your emphasis, and I think offensively, I think you've got to continue doing all the little stuff you were doing in the second half with Baltimore the screen game, the short passing game, right now Amari Cooper is the only guy getting open consistently down the field, and he's not really a speed guy. So your speed guys aren't getting down, uh, you know, open downfield. But what they are doing is they are getting opportunities in the middle of the field. So with DTR, you shorten up the field a little bit. You're probably still gonna have to take a couple shots a game. But I think that's where you go because here's the other problem. I, I think the reason why you've got to focus on running more than anything is less the quarterback, and you're missing your 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 first what four tackles now three tackles uh, are all injured with Jed Wills being on the IR and now Dewan Jones has been you know missing a game or two here. So I think you you get back to the run game and they had a hell of a lot of success without Nick Chubb, with Jerome Ford, who's come on. Kareem Hunt runs like an angry, angry man. And even Pierre Strong, the kid they got from New England uh, this summer, he's been really good as well. So I think that's how the offense changes. It's about to get the granny panniest of offenses. Like, we're talking laundry <laughs> day in the middle of the winter here. That's where we're at with this offense. But the good news is they've won multiple games this year that way.
0: This total has gone down to 33. Is this still an underplay here? Oh, 33. It's a low number, I know. It's really low. You think, like,
1: turnovers, Um, especially with DTR throwing three picks that first start, man. Those are some short fields and some pick sixes. That could get scary at 33.
3: Well, and I think, you know, even though Miles Garrett's numbers against Pittsburgh have not always been what you want them to, the rest of the defense has started to feast recently here. So I don't think it's just DTR that's the walking turnover here. I I think it's probably going to be Kenny Pickett as well. So, all right. I have a problem taking the under anytime. All right. Because I just feel there's too much there. Okay. I just, the second somebody scores a touchdown, and become a basket case. I feel like the under is the play, but will I play make that play? No. I'll be the a hole taking the over inexplicably in a matchup between DTR and Kenny Pickett.
2: I'm, I hear you. I'm looking at the rushing yards. Jerome Ford's number is at 49 and a half kind of feels like slightly low considering he put up 107 yards on 17 attempts against the Ravens, had 74 rushing yards against the Colts. Is you think this number is that low because of splitting carries with Kareem Hunt in short yardage situations, or do you think they really believe there's going to be a lot of DTR three and outs?
3: Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. What I, Here's why I would actually take the over on that. One, as you said, it's a little low. Two... The dude needs one play to hit it. Um, Jerome really has like last week. It was a 28-yard play that was part of his 100. I think it was 107 plus uh, rushing yards. You know, two weeks ago, man, I can't remember. He had like a 50 or 60-yard run. So once a game, he's good for the kind of game that can take you and all of a sudden hit that over comfortably. So even with even against Pittsburgh, and again, it's. Pittsburgh's going to do the thing you think they're going to do, which is try and stop the run and put it all on DTR. I I think the over on that is a is an easy hit this week.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I I just I think that that's a good look right there as well. So you said like you kind of have to change you know, the way that you look at the season moving forward, if you could go back in time, would you feel differently? I know Dobbs, like you Mm -hmm. laugh because he's a backup quarterback, we thought, but I mean, he continues to find ways to win games. Like in Minnesota, I think that's remarkable because he doesn't even know the offense. Obviously a smart guy, but do you think it's a different story if you don't move Dobbs, you know, if he's still around? Or is it still kind of the same ceiling? You know, maybe you get to the playoffs and that's about it.
3: Um, I'll I'll say this. I, Listen, I don't think the initial Josh Dobbs trade is the issue, right? I can understand a team saying, well, we shouldn't need a backup quarterback. Let's save some money, and we get a pick swap in the balance. Where I think the bigger issue with the Browns was the second that you went to DTR in week four, and that kid looked awful, rattled, unprepared, not ready – and the, the circumstances yeah. are fair to point out. You know, found out at 10.30 that he was starting and wasn't prepared. But, like, the second that you realized that his production in the preseason was a mirage, you should have been looking for Carson Wentz, who's since signed in L.A. And then, lo and behold, at the trade deadline, Josh Dobbs was told he's either going to Minnesota or he's going to Cleveland. And, like, the, the pick swap was a 7 for a 6. So I think there's – I think the front office in Cleveland has been a bit prideful about not trying to reverse that decision. And I hope it doesn't catch him up, because I'm telling you right now, if DTR can't do it, you're, one of two things, you're either going to have to go back to P.J. Walker, who I ref, I lovingly refer to as booty cheeks on the air, because he is just a <laughs> whole boatload of ass. And yeah. you're either doing that, or you're praying that either Jacoby and Brissett... Not the co- and not the Car-
2: good kind of ass, right, Nick? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes,
3: we're talking badass, and not badass badass. You understand what I'm saying. But like, yes. yeah, yeah, the, or, or we're going to Jacoby Brissett or Carson Wentz punches their coach to get released so they can come to Cleveland. Oh. That's your, that's your Hail Mary. And I'm kind of on and kind of digging the Carson Wentz thing, but I'll be honest again, weed is legal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like as a radio host too, that's heaven right there—the phone calls and, and Carson Wentz. Oh yeah. So even like on ESPN right now, on the front page, it's trending towards the worst trade in NFL history. Why the Browns are uh, stuck with Deshaun Watson? Do you really think this is the worst trade in NFL history? I know yes. financially, um, it—you know—obviously yes. it sucks. But if you look at—and you take away the off-the-field stuff as well. But I'm talking about like the last three seasons in Houston. Statistically, he was a top-five quarterback. Do you think that this is really that bad of a trade if you take I mean obviously the money is a huge part in it but I'm talking like on the field I don't know I think it was maybe worth the risk or do you think that Baker was the was the choice or was the answer
3: well it's not great Bob I will say that but (laughs) I, I think I think it is hyperbole to say it's the worst trade in NFL history mostly because Deshaun was coming around like, don't look at the box score against Baltimore. Look at a guy who was playing some of his best football in that second half and got and led you on a game-winning drive with a broken shoulder that at any point, if he had taken a hit, it could have completely destroyed the rest of his arm. So, and before that, the the Cardinals game, everyone was like, oh, it's pedestrian. I'm like, he threw for 220 uh, yards, multiple <laughs> touchdowns, and, and they won the game like 27 to nothing. And then, like the Tennessee game, there, so like the last three games we saw of him, it like we you started to kind of see the signs that, that Deshaun was coming back. Now the problem becomes the injury, because we're now talking about two injuries to the shoulder in, in in very similar parts of the shoulder, but two separate injuries in one off season. So I, it's a conditional. If, if the shoulder ends up part and he he becomes Cam Newton post the, the second shoulder surgery, then yes, it will go down as the worst trade in NFL history. But to do that without the proper context of the injury this year and to just put it all in his performance as if he was, was as bad this year as he was the year before, I think that's a lot of lazy takes from the national media. And I, like, I hate the guy where they're like, oh, the national media, I hate that crap. But in this case... There's a lack yeah. of nuance. If you're going to talk about Deshaun's performance, you kind of gotta go detail for detail on how this thing has happened. It doesn't look pretty. It also, I think, doesn't I don't think it's as bad as right now the box score might look for people.
0: Nick Wilson, 92-3, the fan in Cleveland. You've had a rough day, I know. Go take a hit of one of those nice calming indicas you got there now, my friend.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I forgot where I am. Who are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> just some friends, just
0: some friends. You'll forget about it tomorrow. Don't worry about it. There oh, he goes, nice. Nick Wilson. Always, always entertaining. Let's just have him back every week, Sleep. honestly. Sleep. <laughs> it's it's BetMGM tonight.
3: The winning trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. All three will be right back on Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM live from BetQL.
0: Mavs up big on the Wizards, 114-90. Knicks are up 74-66 on the Hawks. Julius Randle's got 19-8. Luka's got a 25-6 rebounds, 9 assists in that Mavs game. Uh, Celtics, one-point lead over the Sixers right now, 70-69. to Big, big lead for the Bucs without Giannis. Up in Toronto, eighty-three fifty-three. As Ryan slowly walks his way back in the studio with a cup of coffee, as he just trots behind me. Dude, dude, dude! If you're watching on Twitch or YouTube, you'll see him just, just kind of strolling. You know, we have a schedule, sir, and you need to be here on time. I got caught up. Caught up. lady. No, actually, no. Uh, Big Vic upstairs running the
1: board, and I had to oh, stop. Oh, Vic's back. JT, the Vic, and I, and I said, what "The hell are you doing here? Caps, Wizards?" And he goes. Hoyas, yes, Georgetown. Hoyas. Oh, you get and, to hear it. And,
0: and, the... and, and then I shut the door, and I hear they suck. <laughs>
1: how do you feel about Kirk council?
0: <laughs> you get to hear the uh, the sweet sounds of Rich Svatkin, the voice of the uh, Georgetown Hoyas. RS, I call him. I love him. <laughs> I love the Hoyas. Hoyas win. Hoyas win. R- Hoyas, win. Hoyas win. We... Hoyas win. We... Hoyas That's how he. That's how he ends every game when we they can't win. Legally, which is you like the Hoyas.
2: John Ste- yeah. Sterling. Yeah. 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 the Yankees yep. win.
0: You gotta have. You gotta have that call when you're. Uh, when you're. Uh, the voice of a team, you got to have something unique.
1: Yeah, the difference is the Yankees win like a 100 times a year, and the Hoyas win like 5. Yeah. That's true. Like, every wish, year
0: they're terrible. I wish Georgetown was good again. They're always a great first half bet, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just
1: completely fall apart in the I, second half. I loved uh, when AI was there, a good poker buddy well, by yeah.
0: Well, let's put it this way. Georgetown at least has a real basketball coach now, so things are looking up. We'll Who take is that.
1: Georgetown's coach again? I'm not going to lie. Um, Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley, at there Cooley. we go.
0: Yeah, because they fired Patrick Ewing. He should have right. never been hired in that's the first right. place. Uh, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. A lot of transfers when he was there, too. Mm-hmm. All right, another situation that's not great. Uh, well, that would be the Cleveland Browns. And everybody in Cleveland looking around again with Sean Watson missing the rest of the season now. And you go, oh, my God. Nick Wilson, I don't know how you do it, my friend. Uh, it just feels like, as somebody that's a commanders fan, I know what it's like to not have nice things, but I feel like in Cleveland now, it, you had that fourth quarter drive from Deshaun Watson. You look at this great defense with the Browns. They're six and three and it's like, huh, maybe they can win the division. And then we get the news today that Deshaun Watson is out for the season. What is, although I can
3: probably guess the mood in Cleveland with this news? Um, I believe the five stages of grief and dying, I think, are the best way to put this. I think, I don't know if we're past denial yet. Maybe bargaining. I know acceptance is not, you know, too far off in the distance. No, it was a, uh, it was a bloodbath. And I gotta say, I my whole thing today on the show was I simply wasn't going to do the sky is falling radio because I had heard it for the five hours before, and I felt like. Honestly, I know how the guys in Band of Brothers felt. Because I fought a war today, guys, all right? There weren't lives lost, but there might have been lives saved because I was on a mission from God. Now I'm mixing my movie metaphors. And you know what? I came out clean. That's all that matters.
2: (laughs) Nick, in all seriousness, when you have no optimism about the future of your team, how do you do radio on a day-to-day basis without becoming, like, a cynical, like,
3: poisoned soul? Well, um, who says I'm not? And two, (laughs) they did just vote in legal weed in Ohio. So, like, (laughs) you know, things are changing on on the, you know, like, well, listen, here's what I will say. I did not lose all hope that with the Deshaun injury, I think, I think you just have to change your parameters if you're a Browns fan. Right, Um, with the way the Browns were playing, with the fact that Deshaun kept getting better in his last three games that he played, and specifically the two games post the injury, I think we started to set our sights bigger. AFC North title, right? Can you get that this year? Is that that attainable? It really is. If Baltimore loses this Thursday, you could be playing for the divisional lead on Sunday, even without Deshaun. That's true, right? Um, We started thinking about well, maybe all of a sudden an AFC title run is something that you can at least dream of this year. So with Deshaun, I th- I think there are two camps right now, and I said this on my show. You're either mourning the loss of a contending team or you're, you're getting ready to gear up to see if this team can still be a playoff team. Right? A, a-, a contending team is a team that's going to make the playoffs and make a run. This team might just be a playoff team. But if you told me going into the season, one game and a quarter of Nick Chubb, and you would get six, or five games and five drives in another game from Deshaun Watson, and you make the playoffs, I would have said that that is a resounding success. So I'm in the camp that says, hey, I'm not I'm not a big believer in DTR or P.J. Walker, but I believe that the rest of the team has a lot of fight in them. Let's see how they handle Pittsburgh. And then if they get their asses kicked in Cleveland this Sunday, let's do Requiem Radio. But let's at least give them a chance before I head to the 480 Bridge.
1: Yeah, Nick, I was a big fan of DTR in college, but obviously like this is a whole nother level and he's a rookie. It, you, you watch that first start. He just found out he was going to start a couple I- hours prior to the game. So it makes sense. How do you think the offense changes now? Like, do you think it's more, you know, I mean, what do you do? Like, what do you do differently? Because we didn't even get that big of a sample size with the fully
3: healthy. So I think the number one thing you have to do is you need to double back your efforts and put the run game first like you did, regardless of whether you had DTR or P.J. Walker. You, you mentioned DTR's first start. It was awful. Three interceptions, uh, there was yeah. a fumble. By the end of the game, they weren't even throwing the ball because they just. You just, every time the kid even took a snap, and, and look to pass. Everybody's sphincters clenched in, in First Energy Stadium. Or, sorry, Cleveland Brown Stadium. It's no longer corporately sponsored. But, um, so I think you have to do what really worked for you when you went 2-1, and one, and rightfully you should have won the, the Seattle game if not for the stupid decision to pass on 3rd and 3 uh, by Kevin Stefanski with PJ Walker helmet interception. I don't want to relive it but I relive it every day. Um, so I think it's really important that you get back to running the game and, and, and running the ball and letting that be your your emphasis. And I think offensively, I think you've got to continue doing all the little stuff you were doing in the second half with Baltimore the screen game, the short passing game, right now Amari Cooper is the only guy getting open consistently down the field, and he's not really a speed guy. So your speed guys aren't getting down, uh, you know, open downfield. But what they are doing is they are getting opportunities in the middle of the field. So with DTR, you shorten up the field a little bit. You're probably still gonna have to take a couple shots a game. But I think that's where you go, because here's the other problem. I, I think the reason why you've got to focus on running more than anything is less the quarterback, and you're missing your 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 first what four tackles now three tackles uh, are all injured with Jed Wills being on the IR, and now Dewan Jones has been you know missing a game or two here. So I think you, you get back to the run game, and they had a hell of a lot of success without Nick Chubb, with Jerome Ford, who's come on. Kareem Hunt runs like an angry, angry man. And even Pierre Strong, the kid they got from New England uh, this summer, he's been really good as well. So I think that's how the offense changes. It's about to get the granny panniest of offenses. Like, we're talking laundry <laughs> day in the middle of the winter here. That's where we're at with this offense. But the good news is they've won multiple games this year that way.
0: This total has gone down to 33. Is this still an underplay here? Oh, 33. It's a low number, I know. It's really low. You think, like,
1: turnovers, Um, especially with DTR throwing three picks that first start, man, those are some short fields and some pick sixes. That could get scary at 33.
3: Well, and I think, you know, even though Miles Garrett's numbers against Pittsburgh have not always been what you want them to, the rest of the defense has started to feast recently here. So I don't think it's just DTR that's the walking turnover here. I I think it's probably going to be Kenny Pickett as well. So – all right, I have a problem taking the under anytime. All right, because I just feel there's too much there. Okay, I just the second somebody scores a touchdown and become a basket case, I feel like the under is the play. But will I play make that play? No, I'll be the a hole taking the over inexplicably in a matchup between DTR and Kenny Pickett.
2: I'm, I hear you. I'm looking at the rushing yards. Jerome Ford's number is at 49 and a half. Kind of feels like slightly low, considering he put up one hundred and seven yards on seventeen attempts against the Ravens. Had seventy-four rushing yards against the Colts. Is you think this number is that low because of splitting carries with Kareem Hunt in short-yardage situations, or do you think they really believe there is going to be a lot of DTR three and outs?
3: Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. What here is why I would actually take the over on that. One as you said it's a little low. Two. The dude needs one play to hit it. Um, Jerome really has. Like last week, it was a 28-yard play that was part of his, hundred. I think it was 107-plus uh, rushing yards. You know, two weeks ago, oh man, I can't remember. He had like a 50- or 60-yard run. So once a game, he's good for the kind of game that can take you and all of a sudden hit that over comfortably. So even with even against Pittsburgh, and again, it's – Pittsburgh's going to do the thing you think they're going to do, which is try and stop the run and put it all on DTR. I I think the over on that is a is an easy hit this week.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I I just I think that that's a good look right there as well. So you said like you kind of have to change you know, the way that you look at the season moving forward, if you could go back in time, would you feel differently? I know Dobbs, like Mm -hmm. you laugh because he's a backup quarterback, we thought, but I mean, he continues to find ways to win games. Like in Minnesota, I think that's remarkable because he doesn't even know the offense. Obviously a smart guy, but do you think it's a different story if you don't move Dobbs, you know, if he's still around? Or is it still kind of the same ceiling? You know, maybe you get to the playoffs and that's about it.
3: Um, I'll I'll say this. I, Listen, I don't think the initial Josh Dobbs trade is the issue, right? I can understand a team saying, well, we shouldn't need a backup quarterback. Let's save some money, and we get a pick swap in the balance. Where I think the bigger issue with the Browns was the second that you went to DTR in week four, and that kid looked awful, rattled, unprepared, not ready – and the, the circumstances yeah. are fair to point out. You know, found out at 10.30 that he was starting and wasn't prepared. But, like, the second that you realized that his production in the preseason was a mirage, you should have been looking for Carson Wentz, who's since signed in L.A. And then, lo and behold, at the trade deadline, Josh Dobbs was told he's either going to Minnesota or he's going to Cleveland. And, like, the, the pick swap was a seven for a six. So I think there's – I think the front office in Cleveland has been a bit prideful about not trying to reverse that decision, and I hope it doesn't catch him up, because I'm telling you right now, if DTR can't do it, you're one of two things, you're either going to have to go back to PJ Walker, who I ref, I lovingly refer to as booty cheeks on the air, because he is just a <laughs> whole boatload of ass. And yeah. <laughs> You're either doing that, or you're praying that either Jacoby Brissett... And not the Car-
2: good kind of ass, right, Nick? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes,
3: we're talking badass, and not badass badass. You understand what I'm saying. But like, yeah, yeah, or or we're going to Jacoby Brissett or Carson Wentz punches their coach to get released so they can come to Cleveland. That's your that's your Hail Mary, and I'm kind of on and kind of digging the Carson Wentz thing. But I'll be honest, again, weed is legal. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like as a radio host too, that's heaven right there, the phone calls and, and Carson Wentz. Oh yeah. So even like on ESPN right now on the front page, it's trending towards the worst trade in NFL history, why the Browns are uh stuck with Deshaun Watson. Do you really think this is the worst trade in NFL history? I know yes. financially, um it you know, yes. obviously it sucks, but if you look at it and you take away the off the field stuff as well. But I'm talking about like the last three seasons in Houston, statistically he was a top five quarterback. Do you think that this is really that bad of a trade? If you take, I mean, obviously the money is a huge part in it, but I'm talking like on the field. I don't know. I think it was maybe worth the risk, or do you think that Baker was the was the choice or was the answer?
3: Well, it's not great, Bob. I will say that, but <laughs> I, I think I think it is hyperbole to say it's the worst trade in NFL history, mostly because Deshaun was coming around. Like don't look at the box score against Baltimore. Look at a guy who was playing some of his best football in that second half and got and led you on a game-winning drive with a broken shoulder that at any point if he had taken a hit, it could have completely destroyed the rest of his arm. So, and before that, the the Cardinals game. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's pedestrian." I'm like, he threw for 220 uh, yards, multiple <laughs> touchdowns, and and they won the game like 27 to nothing. And then, like, the Tennessee game. there. So, like, the last three games we saw of him, it like, we, you started to kind of see the signs that, that Deshaun was coming back. Now the problem becomes the injury. Because we're now talking about two injuries to the shoulder in, in in very similar parts of the shoulder, but two separate injuries in one offseason. So I, it's a conditional... If, if the shoulder ends up part and he he becomes Cam Newton post the, the second shoulder surgery, then yes, it will go down as the worst trade in NFL history. But to do that without the proper context of the injury this year and to just put it all in his performance as if he was, was as bad this year as he was the year before, I think that's a lot of lazy takes from the national media. And I, like, I hate the guy where they're like, oh, the national media. I hate that crap. But in this case... There's a lack yeah. of nuance. If you're going to talk about Deshaun's performance, you kind of got to go detail for detail on how this thing has happened. It doesn't look pretty. It also, I think, doesn't – I don't think it's as bad as right now the box score might look for people.
0: Nick Wilson, 92-3, the fan in Cleveland. You've had a rough day, I know. Go take a hit of one of those nice, calming Indicas you got there. now, my friend.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I forgot where I am. Who are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> just some friends Just some
0: friends You'll forget about it tomorrow Don't worry about it There oh, he goes Nick nice. Wilson Always Always entertaining Let's just have him back Every week honestly Sleep. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> it's It's BetMGM tonight
3: The winning trifecta Is Ryan Horvat Trista Crick And Nick Ashu. All three will be right back On BetMGM tonight Presented by BetMGM Live from BetQL it's time for more Bet MGM
2: tonight with Ryan, Trista, and Nick on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM.
0: One thirty-one seventeen. Mavs get a win over the Wizards. You got the Bucks up big, 98-75 on the Raptors. Magic, our Magic, all over your Chicago Bulls, fifty to thirty-three. God, the Bulls are. Um,
1: are they trading Zach Levine? I'm going to listen on the way home. Actually, is, is is the full episode is out right, T? With Lawrence Holmes? Yes. Okay, I'm going to listen to that on the way home. I need to hear, I don't listen to a whole lot of Chicago radio right now except for, like, Cub stuff, just because we got so much going on. Got to check it out, though, of course, on the uh, Odyssey app, 670 The Score. And I love Lawrence. I've been listening to Lawrence since I was a kid. Him and Joe was his producer, Ostrowski, and uh, that was always my favorite show. And they were out at night's. And I worked nights, so I would put it on in my headphones. And uh, now Lawrence obviously does days. But I got to hear his take because the Bulls are playing tonight like a team that completely uh, wants to blow it up. They have 33 points at the half. Is that a a typo?
2: That's a real number. 33 points. Reminds me of
1: Major League. league. One hit. One GD hit. You can't say that on the radio. Nobody's (laughs) listening. You know. (laughs) 33 points,
2: dude. That's crazy.
1: I don't think Levine's going to get his 27 for me, huh? God, I hate this team.
2: Orlando is just taking them to Poundtown. It's crazy. And
1: good to see for our magic. But, like, the yep. Bulls, here's my problem with sports right now. I love betting them. All my teams suck. They bring me no joy. It's true. The Packers bring me absolutely no joy, and I have to talk about them three times a week for an hour. I know how that feels, my friend. The Bulls bring me I no joy, and I'm paying for league pass, and I can't even watch my team on league pass. Amanda's always like, hey, why don't we watch the Bulls ever? And I'm like, because they suck. And she's like, oh, fair weather fan. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because if it's like a bunch, like if it's like the, the Blazers, then I'm all in on the young guys. But I'm watching like a bunch of guys like Demar and Zach and like Vooch who should just be elsewhere.
2: Tonight's a big night for our division ticket. So Atlanta is down one to the New York Knicks, eight minutes left to go. And uh, Orlando obviously beating the hell out of uh, the Chicago Bulls. So when that happens, if Atlanta loses to New York and Orlando beats Chicago, they will both be tied for second in the Southeast. Miami has been going on a little bit of a run. They went 6-0 and in their last six games since Tyler Hero got injured. But this Southeast division is actually like pretty lit in terms of uh, our 8-1 to mm-hmm. Orlando Magic ticket.
0: Wish it was back to the what was it last year? Twenty five to one? No,
2: 150, 100 to, 100 150 was One hundred fifty to one or to one Yeah. But that was were, in season in though. Season. I mean yeah, yeah, before yeah.
1: season two though, they like I think I mean, they
2: were hundred to one in God, I season. I guess we
1: did bet it at
0: like one fifty to one. Yep. Jeez. Yeah, we were
2: we
1: were yes. buying you know, it's kind of like in fantasy baseball when, when Bryce Harper was 17, and and I drafted him, and everybody's like, why are you doing this? And I was like,
0: the future, baby. The, the future. future. That's what we were doing. Is that the league that you uh, won one game in this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, two. <laughs> two. Y- yeah, it's now A weeks it's, or whatever. And it, it was, sucks because we've we've deceased the league.
1: It's $100 yeah.
2: was going to win fifteen grand. I was yeah. so ready for the Orlando
0: <sighs> Magic. Oh, me too, man.
2: And, they conti- and I placed it in multiple books because there, there was different odds. You could shop around. This is the this is the year though. Sacramento Kings currently leading the division at five and four. This is incredible. I told you guys I have Sacramento to win the division and I have the Magic to win the division. Mm-hmm. If both of those hit, it's seventy to one.
0: Did you parlay them together? Yes, I did. did. You really? Yes. Good 70, for you. Seventy
2: to one. <laughs> yeah, I think I put like not a lot of money on it. Let me see what it is. I think it was like maybe twenty five bucks. Yeah, but, still, but
0: again, that's that's a two division parlay. Still, like, oh yeah, come on. yeah. You know, a great example. We were talking about this earlier, right? About blowouts in the NBA and props just going to die in the fourth quarter. Right. So I we remember I said I took Luca over on uh, points and assists with him. Yes, but I took an alternate number, and at first I thought, oh god, I should have taken a higher number. Look at what he's doing. But wait, they're starting to pull away. So the Mavericks won. 130 to 117. Luca finished with 36 points and assists. I had over 35.
2: Oh my God. By Good one. Thing you did one.
0: Not one. So it worked. Also- and it is a great example of. Also, look at what that matchup is and if it's going to be a blowout it may be big numbers in the first them. half but they're going to sit these guys in the fourth quarter so just because you think they could put up big numbers that's for an entire game think what could they do through 3 quarters yeah. so that kept the parlay alive it's not a big one it's only like 3 to 1 it was a baby parlay but like still just that that right there is enough where you got to remember oh my god don't ever do it again don't ever, don't ever fall into that trap and take the lower numbers against exactly. the Wizards. The wizard—that's the one thing. The wizards are going to get blown out a lot this year, and and probably yeah. go to die and next because of that. Yeah, and probably next year too. And probably the like. You the-
2: honestly need to find out how much a player averages in the first three quarters. Yeah. of the yeah. In order to know how many points, you yeah. should take them for.
0: That is really a great way to look at it because
2: probably not playing in the fourth quarter.
0: Yep. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if Luca played it all in the fourth quarter. I mean, I looked at the beginning; he wasn't out there to start. Uh, he finished. He played 32 minutes. I I probably
2: did not play much in the fourth. I don't think
0: he played much in the fourth at all. I think he played a little bit because I did need a a little bit more from him. With
1: no Kyrie, they (laughs) still lost by 13. Jordan Poole
2: still 2 for 7 from 3.
1: With the full squad, too, for the Wizards
0: tonight. Wizards are trash, my friend. Wizards are trash. But I'll just say this. uh, Five rebounds for Jordan Poole. It's been set at 2.5 for a while. Like your Keontae George prop yesterday. I may be down on Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole rebounds. He's been crashing the boards the last four games, I want to say. That's somebody that you look at.
2: Five rebounds, yeah, wow.
0: Yeah, five tonight. It was just two and a half. And he had five, and then he had four the game before that against Toronto. Five against Brooklyn, wow, and then it really was just not two and one.
2: Attention, that's a bit, that's a low number. Yeah,
0: it's probably going to go up, but I would say just keep an eye on that and stick with it. If it's even a three and a half, which is probably where it'll go, I would still take the over there just because of what he's done the last couple of games. Because wow. sometimes he's just probably <laughs> rebounding his own misses. Which <laughs> hey, you know what? Followed his shot. That's a good thing.
3: Nick, how tiring is it? Uh, covering the Wizards and just uh, night after night, what, just being like, yep, "Why you gotta they bring this up man. again?" Because you're they watching. You're watching my good again. friend
0: Wes Hall up there. We used to do a couple and you shows just together. See it and... all over
3: his face. He's oh, just I know. Because like, yep,
0: because here's again. a secret. I don't want to spill his secret. He's a Lakers fan. He's from LA. So he sits there and laughs when it's all said and done. So when I did the Wizards show that I did, whatever, Wizards insiders, was, Wizards outsiders, close. It Damn. got to it got to the point where they were losing so many games it was like what what are we supposed to do on the show I wore a poop emoji mask because I said they played like poo poo. Um, I walked they off the set. Very unhappy. I thought you they were, were going to say you were a puka necklace, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did have a puka shell necklace so back in middle school. Back in like, the yeah. day. I was like, yeah. come on, man. Everybody had a puka shell necklace but it was cool. Uh, yes, Trista, they were not happy. I
2: You probably were very much reprimanded for
0: that. Uh, I not? was never, let's put it this way. I was never reprimanded, but I got a few, hey, can we not do that again? A, a few, A few times. I got. I got called like, to the principal's what? office.
2: What did I do? In my
0: defense, I was not the only one to get called to the principal's office there. They were very, very sensitive because their team was trash. But, yeah, it's there's a certain point, man, and I've always said this, too. Like, it's even a tougher gig. I don't think people understand how tough it is to cover, like, a baseball team on the beat. Like, it's one thing to do a pre- and post-game show. When you're on the beat of, like, a bad baseball team... Stuff tough to do on a good baseball it team. It is. It's yeah. every day. It's impossible to do for a bad baseball yeah. team. Those, those people... Those men and women are doing God's work. It is insanely difficult because that's a lot more work than even sitting here and talking for 30 minutes after I did game. it a
1: year, and I gained 30 pounds, and I'm not kidding. In you one ate all summer. the press
0: box food, didn't you?
1: Well, I'd get home every night at like 3 a.m., every morning at like 3 a.m., and then you'd have to be at the ballpark the next day. And that's why I give a lot of credit to baseball players mm-hmm. because, like, those Sundays— like, you play Saturday night and then How do they Sunday. they stay in
2: shape? Because they're not really, like, exerting that well, much effort.
1: And that's the thing. Like, they get there early because in, a lot of them do work out. Like, Christian Yellich's workout plan was insane, and his diet was insane. He was just eating, like, power bars nonstop. Um, but, like, yeah, that's what they do. They take BP, and mm-hmm. then they hit the gym. A lot of them just – they don't even, like – some of them don't lift weights. They do bands, like IT bands and stuff. A lot of flexibility, a lot of yoga. But, man, that gig um, – Yeah, it's tough. Like, I'll do it if it's the Dodgers or the Yankees, but, but I even would not then, want to go back to Milwaukee and cover the Brewers.
0: Even then, game. it's a grind, but I'll
1: tell did you, you what. you
2: travel with them? Yeah. You travel with the Brewers? Oh, no, no, oh, I did, oh. I just did the home games. Oh, no, because no, oh. I did
1: the morning show, too. That was oh, And rough. that was actually the toughest part, is I would have to go in and do the morning show. And I did, like, the pre-pre-morning show at 5 a.m., and then I did the sports updates from 6 to 10. Oh, yeah. And then I would have to go to Miller Park, and it smells like cheese and Beer and Wisconsin. Pe- I'm kidding. I love. I love my people, but it does.
0: Like it smells like just cheese in there. I bet. You know what? Like, there's worse smells. I don't like. There... Well, I guess it depends on the type of cheese. There's stinky cheeses, and Oof. then there's good cheese. Yeah. Um, it I really mean, just depends. Yeah. Depends. So. I don't know. I
1: mean, obviously, like people in Wisconsin love cheese. You got the Mars, the Cheese Castle. Oh, I, I don't, love the Cheese Castle. See, it's amazing. I, I don't eat just like cheese though. Like I like I... melted cheese on pizza, like cheese on nachos, but I don't just like like my son. Like, every morning, he's like, Daddy, can I have some cheese? And I'm like, if that's what you want to do, it's like a Frankenstein and Big Daddy. Like, hey, if that's what you want to wear, that's, that's all you, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, if you really just want to sit here and eat a brick of cheese, like, are you a mouse? Go ahead and do so. But I don't know. I, I find that to you be gross. You don't
2: like slices of cheese. No, I don't. What about I,
1: cheese sticks, string cheese? No, my wife does. Nathan does. Everybody I know does. I do not. It's gross. Oh, I don't like cold cheese. Uh, well, what about warm cheese? Warm cheese it. sticks? No,
2: warm cheese is actually worse. What, yeah, like no, a cheese I don't. stick, and like
0: cold... fried cheese sticks, oh, in and in oh, like yeah, a marinara. I think,
2: probably, I think he probably oh. likes that. I don't
0: know. Yeah, you like that? I, I do, but I can't have so much of it. Hurts the stomach a little. Let me tell you something. When I went to Wisconsin, when I went to Wisconsin for a wedding and went to that that cheese castle. First time I ever had fried cheese curds. Oh, no, fried cheese curds Amazing. are horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't live there, though. I'd eat way too much, and it would be just an awful thing. And then they give you, like, a beer, and a shot just comes with it. I was what? like, What? Beer this a place is amazing. Yeah, yeah, you get a beer and a shot. You and get everybody gets a, get a so, spotted cow or so nice and they know you're definitely not from there and they're just excited to watch you like get in on their traditions. I'm like, You people are amazing. Yeah. I love all of you. Yeah, I love it. I do. But every time I go home or go back to the
1: Midwest, I'm like twenty pounds heavier.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's it's it's not it's hard. It's just cheese and garlic and, and yeah. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. All right, week 11 in the NFL starts tomorrow. you got the Bengals at the Ravens. Uh, If you're looking at, as we always do this every week, survivor picks for this week. Now, again, you could be in a survivor pool, and that's one thing. But we also can just kind of find teams where there's an opportunity where if you're going to take them, this may be the chance to take them. You guys know how I feel about the Cardinals. I feel like this is a chance if you want to take the Cardinals. Taking the Cardinals to beat the Texans in a letdown spot for Houston after what they did against the Bengals last week is an opportunity. Now, the Cardinals are going to be a better team the rest of the way with Kyler Murray than where we were before. But that's one team that I'd at least look at. If you're like, I want to get the Cardinals off. I can only take them once. I got to get it done. This would be one team that I would look at this week and say, take the Cardinals. The Texans are certainly riding high, but sometimes these young teams riding high, feeling themselves a little bit, this is when the letdown happens. Riding high. I like the Cardinals with the points. I'm Mm -hmm. with you. I can
1: see them winning this game Scares me a little bit though because oh, the Texans scary. are at home. It's scary. It's, e- it's either going to be like young team find some success, let down spot, or like CJ Stroud doesn't have letdown spots. I mean, you hear him talk to the media and he's like, no, 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 things. It's kind of like when Joe Burrow took over in Cincinnati and he's like, nope, this is the new norm. We mm-hmm. win around here now. Those mm-hmm. days of
0: losing are over. I love CJ Stroud, man.
1: And like, it's still the Cardinals. You know what I mean? I know Kyler's back, but they're not the most- they're not the most talented team. I actually, so my selection, I've made it, and I'm not going back on it. I'm still alive. I'm going with the Jags. Um, I don't know if they cover the number, although I do like them now that we are off the seven. We're at six and a half. It's minus 120. It's Will Levis on the road. I know the Jags haven't looked all that great the last couple of weeks, but I think just this is week. a good. Yeah, I was going to say it really is just one week, yeah. um, but they're not really clicking offensively the way that I want them to be. I think they might be, like, a piece away. I was so excited to get Calvin Ridley back for them this year. They
2: need a big-bodied receiver. Yeah,
1: they need, like, more of, like, a red zone guy. You know what I mean? Like, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, mm-hmm. I like Christian Kirk.
2: DeAndre Hopkins would have been a good pickup for them. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Instead, he's on the other side with Will Levis. And we know the Jags' defense really good against the run, so I think they'll be able to hold their own against Derrick Henry in that run game. And then it's Will Levis on the road here in this spot. So I like the Jags. I'm gonna use them. They're minus three fifty on the money line. Not that I'm gonna do that, but I'm gonna use them in, I'm gonna use them in Survivor. It's the only spot really where I trust them the rest of the rest yeah, of the season. I
2: agree. And we're starting to get to a place where a lot of these teams have been already used. I think mm-hmm. I'd take the Chargers. I don't I know Ryan is a jaded Packers fan, and he thinks this might be the spot <laughs> at Lambeau where they get it done. Probably not. Though. But this has got to be a place where the Chargers go to 500. If you don't get a win against a, Char- a Packers team, which is decimated, not running the ball well, like just kind of feels like they're under disarray. I mean, you're probably you're probably firing Brandon Staley.
1: I think you have to. Like, if you lose to that Green morning, Bay team, he's it, done. You know, granted it's on the road, but yeah, I mean, um, and it's 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 like. If Brandon Staley was the offensive-minded head coach, right? like if he was Ben Johnson and the Chargers hired him and they're losing games even though they're going down and they're scoring, like they're matching drive for drive like they did last like, week.
2: oh, well, maybe we need a new D.C.
1: Yeah, yeah. Then it's like, oh, okay, we got to get our D.C. We got to get our Brian Flores who steps in in Minnesota and takes you from defense 29 to a top 10 defense, top five defense right now. But, I mean, like the defense has been bad and it gets worse every year. So I think that would have to be the move that they make. And then Kellen Moore maybe gets a shot, but that that'll be interesting. Then, like, what does Kellen Moore have to do to keep his job? Because right. if Ben Johnson comes in, he's not keeping Kellen Moore as the OC. He's
2: got his own the OC, peeps. and
1: he's going to have his own people coming in. You know, his own staff. And does Ben Johnson even want to go to the Chargers? You know what I mean? Maybe he already is like, I want to go where Caleb goes, or I want to go where Drake goes, and have my uh, quarterback that I could like, you know, get in
0: their head right away and develop. It's why, honestly, when you said that earlier in the show tonight about Brandon Staley getting fired if they lose that and the Packers winning this game and it's the time where you have to, I think it makes sense because if that happens at that moment... You then get Kellen Moore the rest of the season, and you try him out as a head coach. Honestly, if I'm Washington, I would do the same thing with um, uh, Eric Bieniemy. Give him an opportunity. Oh, see what God, he's yes. like as a head coach. Give it a trial at this point to see where you are. you got nothing to lose if you got a losing record at this point in the season anyway. Because, yeah, if you don't have maybe somebody like Ben Johnson wanting to go to take that Chargers job, well, okay, then you brought Kellen Moore over there to at least, I'm assuming, consider what he would... Like see what he would be like as a head coach if you were put in this position. You're in that position, so yeah, yeah. I think that makes perfect sense at that point. If you're the Chargers, of course they've got to lose to the Packers first, and well, Jordan Love is a, a roller coaster. To yeah, say the least. you know what? He did play. A, he played his best game, I'll say, until the fourth quarter to brutal picks, which is that's which just, is the yeah. definition of a roller coaster, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.